this year I plan to do a an amount of shiurim about minhagei rabotenu. What I'd like to do is take certain minhagim that either I've seen or heard or read about from various gedolei Israel and try to understand the reason for these minhagim and explain the general background. Sometimes I'll show a, a chidush uh, that they explain whether it be related to their minhagim or against uh, their customs. I'd like to point out today that there are a number of svarim that have been written about these topics. Now, the uh, book, the series of books by Professor Sperber about Minhage Yisrael is not the type of uh, minhagim that I'm talking about. I'm going to speak specifically about minhagim that I've seen or heard that certain rabbanim have done and try to explain their minhagim. The amount of books that have been written about this is quite large. The uh, Some of the books that I'm going to use, for example, today, that I'm going to have used as sources, include, of course, the Minhage Hagra. The Minhagim of the Gra are, were recorded in a little volume called Maase Rav. It's been printed in different editions. One of them has been printed by Rav Moshe Sternbach of Yerushalayim, who expanded <coughs> these minagim and brought sources and discussed them. There is a book, for example, called Halichos Hagrach, Umin Hagav. The, uh, this is Minagim of Rupchaim of Brisk. The author of this um, sefer is, uh, did not write his name on the title page. They is a person called Yud Hershkovitz who's called Hamevi Levet Hatfus, the printer. But uh, nobody took credit for actually writing this book. It, it itself is a compilation of many other books where they very often quote their sources. Of course, Rav uh, Herschel Schechter's Svarim of Nefesh uh, Harav, Mepnini Harav, Divrei Rabotenu, Divrei Harav, all these um, Svarim include many Minhagim that he saw of Rav Salavechik and others. And that will be a big source that we'll use. I'd like to remi- remind people that the word Minhag was a we translate it as custom. Rabbeinu Tam has been known to say that there are minhagim that we don't rely upon. Minhagim she'en l'smochaleim. In fact, the Rabbeinu Tam is quoted as saying that minhag is the same letters as Gehenom backwards. And it seems to imply that there are certain minhagim that are incorrect and can, indirect, that are incorrect and can indirectly lead you to Gehenom. So, these are not the type of minhagim that we're talking about today. The Rabbeinu Tam was referring specifically to minhagim of the community, which is what I said the Rabbi Professor Dr. Sternberg, Dr. Sperber wrote about in his minhagim. We are going to talk about minhagim of Rabotenu, minhagim of Gedolei Yisrael that, I, that we can read about or I've heard about, 
and there those minhagim certainly are not based on on mistakes. However, it should be pointed out that the uh, topics that I will discuss will reflect minhagim of certain people. No one should take these shiurim as a, a halacha or even a recommendation of doing uh, a particular minhag of a certain gadol. Unless I might emphasize once or twice that something seems to me really, really, really uh, halacha, not just not just what, what one person did. But in general, I will not uh, pass, and I will not, I'm not interested in explaining a halacha or trying to say that a person should follow one particular minhag. Of course, the Shulchan Aruch and the, and the uh, sources are the most invaluable uh, sources for learning the uh, actual halacha. I'm going to begin by some of the halachas, or better, minhagim, related to Shmon One of them is just preceding Shmon Is it better to hold a sitter when a person davens? Or not. The Reb Chaim is quoted by Rav Moshe Steinbach in a as saying that he always believed in davening by heart, closing his eyes and not looking at the, at the sitter. Rav Shechter also quotes this custom of Reb Chaim. And mentioned, they both mentioned, the Reb Chaim had a custom before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur of going over the davening in order to know the davening, to make sure he knew the davening by heart so he could daven without a sitter. Interesting in the Mishtabura, they quote a an opinion that a person should prepare his davening before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. In Simon Kuf, the Shulchan Aruch says that a person should prepare his tefillot before Rosh Hashanah in order to know the davening well. And the Ramah adds, this is only if you daven by heart. But when you daven from a sitter, it's, you're allowed to, to forego this custom because you see what you daven. And that's the custom. The Ramah says the custom is people do not prepare the tefillah. But according to what I said in the name of Reb Chaim, he followed the opinion that he davened by heart, and there he would follow the halacha that's actually written in the Shulchan Aruch of preparing davening beforehand. The Ari is quoted as saying that a person should daven out uh, without without a sitter in Simon Tzadi Bey's of the Mishnah they quote the Abi as saying that it's better to daven with without a sitter. I can't, I'm looking for it right now. Um, I'm not, I haven't, I, I don't find it right now. 
But the um, the the Vilna Gaon is quoted as saying that it is better to daven with a sitter. And he said, based on the it's said in the name of the Vilna Gaon that there's a hint to this in Megillah Esther. It says there, Amar im HaSefer, Yashuv Machshavto If a person says, with the book, then it's better, then he'll remember his Kavana. Yashuv Machshavto the Kavana, the bad Kavanas that he had, will return, it'll go away. So, the Gon, apparently, Davin from a sitter. In the Mishnah Bura, it says that even though uh, the Ari davened without a sitter, the, we know the Reb Chaim davened without a sitter, but the Gon davened with a sitter, it's obviously not a real halacha. It's what's best for you, the way a person feels most comfortable. I remember once a, a, a little curious story that happened with Rav Salavechik. One time, we were in a room in Yeshiva University, and it was at night, and uh, we were a group of people, so we decided we'll have a marif. The Rav turned to a young fellow and said, but I don't have a sitter. So the fellow took out of his pocket, he took his, his sitter that he carried around with him and gave it to Rav Salavechik. So Rav Salavechik said to him, fine, thank you very much, but what are you going to do? I took your sitter. So the boy said, that's all right, Rebbe, I know it by heart. After he said it, he realized what a silly comment that was to make that he knew it by heart. But obviously, Rav Soloveitchik, at that particular time, I can't say that this is the, was his custom generally, but that particular time, Rav Soloveitchik wanted to daven from a sitter. Uh, we all assume that he certainly knew the davening by heart. Another interesting uh, approach to Shmon is whether Shmon should be said out loud, well, not really out loud, but out loud enough that the person who's davening Shmon Esrei can hear what he's saying. Or is it better to what we call Shmon Esrei Tefillah Balachash? There's a discussion of this in many Svarim. The Aruch HaShulchan quotes the Gemara in Simon Kuf Aleph that the Gemara in Bracha says that Chana is the prototype from whom we learn certain laws of tefillah. And the Gemara there quotes the Pasuk, Chanahi midaberet al-liba, rak na'ot. Her lips are moving. So on one hand you see from here that your lips should move, but you don't hear the davening. You don't hear the davening. And in fact the Gemara says that if a person davens very much out loud, it's somehow almost a lack of faith as if he were hinting that Kaddish Baruch could only hear him if he davens out loud. But some people think that what it means you shouldn't say it out loud, it means that even you're, you shouldn't hear it. Other people feel that you shouldn't say it loud enough that other people will hear it. But, lechatchila, you should hear it yourself. 
the tour, the Rajba, the Yerushalmi, say, A person who davened, but he did not hear what he said, Yatsa. So it seems that this is only the Yavat. And that's the way the Shulchan Aruch Paskin. Oznav, a person should hear. And more, moreover, if a person will daven in such a way that very much out loud, it's acceptable unless he davens in a shul where he might cause other people to stumble in their tefillah. And that's why the halach is mentioned that if a person is davening out loud on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, that's a different story because Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, everybody is davening with more kavana. Everybody's davening from a siddha. And therefore, the problem itself is not such a, a big problem. In the... Um, In the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Kofalif, it says that Lo Yashmiya Kolo, Imenu Yachol Lechavein, Belachash Mutar Lagbiya Kolo. If a person has more kavana, davening out loud, then he's allowed to raise his voice. But as I said in the in the in the shul, it's a little bit of a problem. Because I'm afraid of other people being disturbed. And again, the Shulchan Aruch then continues Rosh Hashanim Kippur, this would be permitted. Now, interestingly enough, that Rav Shechter has quoted in the name of the Rav, but I remember this very well that the Rav had a custom of davening very much out loud. In fact, you could hear every word that the Rav said. Apparently, the Rav thought that the halacha would be that you're supposed to hear what you say. And since he needed to speak a little louder in order to hear himself, that's what he felt was proper. There were, in fact, students who began to imitate the Rav about this. And would daven out loud. Some of the fellows in yeshiva used to make fun of these fellows who were just uh, really imitating what the Rav did. But the Rav himself certainly did that. The Magin Avram quotes that the Beis Yosef, quoting and says, quotes a, a Zohar and a Tosefta that you should not raise your voice. But, as I said, Rav Soloveitchik did. In fact, Rav Shechter quotes that one time the students asked the Rav, inasmuch as they hear him davening the Shema Nesrei, should they answer Amen? This is Tefillah Belachash, and it's meant to be a private prayer, a private Tefillah. Would it be appropriate to answer Amen when a person actually hears someone else davening? Rav Shechter reported that the Rav thought about it for a minute and then said he thinks you should not say Amen because, as I said, it is a private prayer, it's a tefillah belachash, and therefore the concept of saying Amen was not appropriate 
for Tefillah Belachash. So we've mentioned so far today two minhagim of Tefillah. One, about davening from a sitter, and two, should Tefillah be said out loud. Let's begin with actu- with the actual Shmon The Before we begin Shmon there's a custom of the, to discuss whether a person should say Amen after the bracha Goal Yisrael. The, when I was young, I remember that in America, nobody would answer Amen after Goal Yisrael. And the Chazan would say it quietly. The Chazan would say it quietly in a way that no one could answer Amen. So no one did answer Amen, but no one could answer Amen. When I was young in America, there was a luach put out by Rav Henkin. Rav Henkin was one of the great poskim of that generation. And he was a, the director of an organization called Ezra's Torah. In Ezra's Torah, they put out every year a luach of the year. And Rav Henkin would write many different ha'aros about tefillah, many of his own thoughts. Today, not only do we have it for, for the people that have or have the writings of Rav Henkin, today we have the testimony of his grandson, Rav Yudah Henkin, who wrote a few, svarim, a few volumes of Chuvot called Shelot Chuvot B'nei Banim. Rav Henkin, the younger Rav Henkin, the grandson of Rav Henkin, printed in the very first volume of Chuvot B'nei Banim, in fact, the first comment he printed there was how his grandfather talked about this custom that people said, Gral Yisrael quietly, and he said it's incorrect because Tfilas HaTzibur begins with what we call Pores Hashma, that the Chazan should say the brachos, at least the brachos, out loud. And at least the beginning of the bracha and the end of the bracha should be said out loud. Now, the reason that the people said Gal Yisrael quietly is because they thought you're, it might be a hefsek between Gula and Tefillah. When a person says, Baruch Hashem Gal Yisrael, he should immediately continue with Shema Nesek, L'smoch Gula Tefillah. And people thought that Gal Yisrael might be a hefsek. However, Rav Henkin said that this is not proper because Amen is not Ma'akev. You could hear the bracha and not answer Amen. Moreover, there is a discussion in the Shulchan Aruch about saying the bracha Gual Yisrael. And the Ramah said that you could answer Amen after Gual Yisrael. It's not considered a hefsek because it's connected to the bracha. Rav Henkin used to always, Rav Henkin, the grandfather, Rav um, Henkin would tell people, and I'm quoting from his grandson, he would tell Gedolim Rashi Yeshivas that this is what they should do. Rav, the younger Rav Henkin quoted Rav Gedalia Felder in his monumental sefer called Yesoda Yeshurun, and in that volume, of Yisoda Yeshurun, it says that 
Rav Amram Gaon said not to say Amen after Gal Yisrael because it's considered a hefsik. And you should be Sumach Gula But the Ramah says that you can answer Amen. The custom is, this is the custom as recorded by Rav Gedaliafelder, that the Chazan says Gal Yisrael quietly in order not to require people to answer Amen. And he quotes this from the Mari Tirna. However, the Rav Henkin says this is not what the Mari Henkin men said. And the fact that we don't answer Amen after God Yisrael is not the issue. Because we're talking about two different issues. One, what should the Chazan do? And two, what the Kahal should do? So, if you don't want to answer Amen, there are solutions what to do. In fact, the Mishnabura quotes two of them. The Mishnabura said one suggestion is that you say Baruch HaTashem Yisrael together with the Chazan. And therefore, since you said it together, the custom, our custom is not to answer Amen when you make the Bracha yourself. And since you're making the Bracha exactly the same time as the Chazan, you don't say Amen. Another possibility would be to begin a little bit before the Chazan or a little bit after the Chazan. The solution that the Chazan says, Balachash, he felt was improper, and everyone should say, the Chazan should say, Gal Yisrael out loud, and then you could do whatever you want. You want to answer Amen? We have a Ramad that says you can answer Amen. You, you want to begin a little bit, Shemun uh, to uh, a little bit before the Chazan? That's also a solution. There are different solutions that you could give in order to alleviate the issue, the problem of saying Amen. But the Chazan should say Amen. I should say the Bracha out loud. I think it's interesting that in the years that have gone by since my youth, I see more and more people have accepted the custom of, of saying Gal Yisrael out loud. As I said before, the one that I know that originally pointed this out was Rav Henkin. I think Rav Salvechik said the same thing, but I, I'm pretty sure that the original source that I know it's from is from Rav Henkin. As a comment, a side comment to this, in the uh, Mishnah Bura, as I said before, it said some of the suggestions of what to do when you, if you want to avoid saying Amen, in a case where the Chazan would say, um, would say, God Yisrael out loud. So how could you avoid the problem of saying Amen if you do not want to say Amen? As I pointed out, the Mishnah Bura, the uh, Ramah says you could say Amen. But if you don't want to say Amen, what could you do? So, one of the suggestions that was made in the, in the Mishnah Bura is to begin Shemona Esrei a little bit before the Chazan. Some people could say you could can stay before Gal Yisrael. Let's say you're up to Tzu Yisrael V'Gralo, before you say the word Gal Yisrael. The Mishnah Bura himself does not like that suggestion, because he thinks that you shouldn't be mafsik to say Amen of Gal Yisrael even in the middle of the of Birchas Kriyashma after Shmon Esrei. But he did say that you. one of the other problems is that you're supposed to have Tefillah B'Tzibur, and you're supposed to daven together with the Chazan to start Shmon Esrei as the beginning with the Chazan. So he suggests just beginning the first word, saying Baruch Atah, 
before you begin, before the Chazim gets to Gal Yisrael, and then you'll be in the middle of Shemon Esrei, so you went to Amin. But he said this, since it's only a word or two that you're saying just be, before the Chazim, that's still considered Tefillah B'tzib, where it's not a problem. I always wondered how much of davening should be said together in order to be considered tefillah b'tzibur. Sometimes a person uh, davens a little slower than the tzibur. And uh, they began Shmoneswe just a little bit before him. And then when he begins, is that considered tefillah b'tzibur? From this comment of the Mishnabura, it would seem that as long if it's a word or two, it's not a problem. But if it's more than that, it would seem it's not tefillah b'tzibur. I once saw that in the Encyclopedia Talmudit, under the Halel, it discusses the same concept of what's considered saying Halel B'Tzibur. They quote a Me'iri in Brachos that as long as the Tzibur has a long way to go, you're almost the middle of Halel, then that's considered that you're saying Halel B'Tzibur. I always wondered if this would be the same for Shemana Esrei. It seems from Mishnah Brewer here that he really thinks that Tfila B'Tzibur can only be said if you really, really start together with a Chazan, or as he said, one or two words don't really make a, that much of a difference. One more custom of the beginning of Shema Nesrei would be to say Hashem Svasai Tiftach before you begin Shema Nesrei. That's not considered a half second tefillah. The person who davens and says Hashem Svasai Tiftach is certainly, not only is it correct, it's actually considered part of Shema Nesrei. The Gemara says it's part of Geula you're allowed to say it as part of as as part of Shmanesrei. It seems, uh, in fact, extremely appropriate that before a person gets up to daven, it's as if he asks Hakadosh Baruch Hu for help in enabling him to say the words to daven correctly. The question would be whether the Chazan should say Hashem Svasai Tiftach when he repeats Shmanesrei. And here it's an interesting halachic discussion. The the uh, general custom had been when I was, again, when I was young growing up in America I remember that they never ever said Hashem Svasai Tiftach out loud and in fact it seemed to me that although I can't prove it but it seemed to me that the people did not say Hashem Svasai Tiftach at all the the uh, Beis Yosef and Simon Kuf Yud Aleph said that Hashem Svasai Tiftach is part of Shemana right? and therefore the Chazan should say it out loud. And the Kafachayim said this is the opinion of the Ari as well. Even though the Magen Avram said you should say it quietly, the Ari quoted by the Kafachayim said that you should say it out loud. Now, the reason apparently for the custom of saying Yashem Svasei Tiftach quietly was because there is a question whether the Chazan should say Yashem Svasei Tiftach and therefore, it's part of Shmoneswa when you should say it out loud to be Motzi the Tzibur. Or, you would say, it's not really part of Shmoneswa. 
it's only something that's said by the individual when he begins Shmona Esrei, but the Chazan should not say it. In which case, it might be a half stick between Shmona Esrei and and um, between Hashem between God, between his Shmona Esrei and the Shmona Esrei of of Chazar Sashatz. I think that Rav Soloveitchik said that he doesn't understand the opinion at all of saying it quietly. Because if you do have to say it, then you haven't said it. You've said it quietly. The tzibur hasn't heard you. It's, if it's part of Shmanesra, the tzibur has to hear you. And on the other hand, if you hold it's a hefzik, then it is a hefzik whether you say it quietly or not. Sometimes when we have a minig, we try to be, we try to fulfill both shitos. And sometimes we're successful. What you do is actually in accordance to both customs. However, there are cases where a person does a minig and he doesn't really fulfill either custom. He, one could suggest, but without going into the details, there's a question whether a mezuzah should be hung horizontally or vertically. So our custom, or the custom of most, most people, is to hang it on an angle. And you say, ah, you you fulfilled both opinions. A person could very well argue, in such a case, you didn't fill, you didn't fulfill either opinion. It's not horizontal or vertical. Such a, an argument could be made here. Saying Hashem Svazay Tiftach silently does not motzi the tzibur if it need be said, and it's a hefsek if it need not be said. So therefore, it seems that an opinion should be taken. Rav Steinbach again, in his book, expanding, expounding upon the halichas, the minagim of the Vilna quoted a discussion that perhaps the idea of saying Hashem Svasai Tiftach is really a personal thing of accepting, of asking Rishus to Davin. And there perhaps it's not a hefsek, but it's not actually part of tefillah. The, the Grah did not state his opinion about Hashem Svasai Tiftach, but uh, Rav Salavechik did. And Rav Salavechik said Hashem Svasai Tiftach should be said out loud against the ruling of the Megan Avram. And this was the custom of Rav Salavechik. It seems to me that since the, my memories of youth until today, Many, many people have adopted the custom of saying Hashem Svasai Tiftach out loud, which seems to be the opinion that Rabbi Slavechik really, really propagated in America. And I think his influence is reflected among, um, by this small detail as well as, of course, many, many other things. The same question could be discussed about the end of Shemana Esrei, of saying, Here, again, for the Chazan. The, uh, the 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 gone here did say that you should say Yuliratzon out loud, as the Gemara says, Hashem Svasai Tiftach is part of Shmanas, right? And so is Yuliratzon. So even though the base Yosef is quoted as saying that you do not say Yuliratzon, because you're going to say Kaddish Tiskabel, which is basically the words Tiskabel, the same as Yuliratzon. Nevertheless, you should not 
put off saying you l'ratzon until later. You should say it right away. And this is the custom that was instituted by the Vilna Gaon of saying you l'ratzon by the Chazan out loud. And again, I think this is a custom that has become more and more prevalent in the last uh, 30, 40 years.